0: Hey, welcome back to another episode of Internet Exposition. I am your host, Kevin Emery. Um, normally on the show, I talk a lot about social media, um, you know, YouTube, uh, Twitch. Um, I talk, I've talk. i even talked about you now some. Uh, you know, of course, I talk about TikTok quite a bit, especially here lately. But yeah, social media... You know, sharing websites, websites where people can be their internet personality, people make money through these websites, and of course you have your audience there too. I very rarely talk about individual websites, but today I'm going to do just that. There is a website uh, called dkvine.com, and it has a cult following um, even to this day. It's a website that's been around for a while. And I discovered it probably about, I don't know, roughly three months ago, something like that. And I've been following it pretty closely ever since. And um, if you don't know what DK Vine is, uh, which is probably very likely. <laughs> like I said, it has more of a cult following. It's not a super well-known website, but it has been around for a while. Uh, DK Vine is a Donkey Kong um if you're familiar with the Donkey Kong video game series from, like, Nintendo, of course, Rare uh, also took the series and kind of grew it quite a bit in the 90s. Um, but it's all about the Donkey Kong universe. They talk about all the Donkey Kong games and all the games that also take place in the Donkey Kong universe, like Conker. Um, they also talk about uh, Diddy Kong Racing um, and even... Um, Sea of Thieves is also takes place in the Donkey Kong universe because, uh, according to Rare, you know, they have implemented uh, characters from uh, Donkey Kong into that game. You know, Rare, the creators of Sea of Thieves, also created a lot of these Donkey Kong games. So I'll try to give a quick, brief history of Donkey Kong itself and kind of what the DKU is, the Donkey Kong universe, and then I will kind of give you the history of this website to the best of my ability. Uh, I'm definitely no expert on any of this stuff, but um, I am a pretty big gamer and also love studying the internet. So I think I can do a pretty good analysis of everything. Um, so Donkey Kong um, is a game that was created by Nintendo back in the 80s, uh, where you, you don't actually play as Donkey Kong, you play as what they refer to as Jumpman, who eventually evolved into the character of Mario. Um, So Donkey Kong has stilled your girlfriend, and you basically need to get to him, and he's throwing these barrels down at you and all kinds of obstacles and stuff you got to jump. And so that's Donkey Kong. Then they made Donkey Kong 2, where you actually play as... um, The Ape, I don't think you actually play as Donkey Kong, I think you play as Donkey Kong Jr. in Donkey Kong 2, because I think it's actually called Donkey Kong Jr. Uh, So you actually play as Donkey Kong Jr. And then there's the third Donkey Kong game made by Nintendo, where you play as uh, someone else, and I can't remember who it is. Oh yeah, you play with... like I said I'm definitely no expert on these games. Uh you play as someone else I believe. So each game it's kind of like your is a different take on things and it's kind of true throughout the Donkey Kong universe timeline where all these things kind of um change as time goes on, which is what makes Donkey Kong so interesting I think. Um so fast forward to the 90s, now you got Rare who's decided to step in and they wanted to make a Donkey Kong game. You know, uh, Rare at this point, they had made like Battletoads and uh, I think they made Ninja Gaiden and um, stuff like that. And um, Or what was the name of that game? Um, can't remember the name of the game, but maybe it'll come back. Double Dragon, I think they made that game as well. Um So they decided they wanted to make a Donkey Kong game, and they did just that. They made Donkey Kong Country. You might be familiar with the Donkey Kong Country Trilogy. Uh, Those games were made by Rare, not by Nintendo, but they were licensed, still licensed by Nintendo, published by Nintendo, all that good stuff. Uh, So they made Donkey Kong Country, where you play as Donkey Kong, and then you have Diddy Kong that follows you around. And then in the sequel, in Donkey Kong Country 2, you actually play as Diddy Kong. And then you have Dixie Kong, I believe who it is, um, who follows you around. And your goal is to rescue Donkey Kong. And then there's Donkey Kong Country 3, where I don't think you play as Diddy Kong. You play as someone else. Again, it's kind of following the same thing of the original Donkey Kong trilogy. Now with the uh, Donkey Kong Country trilogy, it kind of do does the same thing. Um So fast forward, you know, you got to the Nintendo 64. Now you got Rare making uh, Donkey Kong uh, 64 game, uh, DK64. And then they also made Conker's Bad Fur Day. This is when the whole universe begins to expand in the Donkey Kong universe. You got Conker's Bad Fur Day, who Rare has confirmed also takes place in the same universe as Donkey Kong. If you've ever played Diddy Kong Racing, it's sort of like Mario Kart. Uh, but better, in my opinion. <laughs> I, rem- I remember when I was a kid, and I, I loved Donkey Kong, or, uh, I mean, Mario Kart, but when I would play Diddy Kong Racing, I actually had more fun with that game than I did even Mario Kart. It's kind of a much better done game. I wish they would make a modern-day version of it. Um, So they started making games on the 64. Well, then after this era, and it moved into, like, the PlayStation 2, the Nintendo GameCube, and then the Xbox came on the scene. Well, Microsoft bought Rare and moved them over to the Xbox. And since Nintendo owned the Donkey Kong IP, Rare could no longer make Donkey Kong games. So they could still make their own games that take place in the Donkey Kong universe, but they can't make Donkey Kong games themselves, which is kind of confusing when you think about it. And... um. So now they're making games for Xbox. So they start, they remade a few of their older games. That I think they did Conquer Live and Reloaded, where it was a remake of Conquer's Bad Fur Day. They get, did, like, Grab by the Ghoulies. They did um, a few... I think they did another Banjo-Kazooie game, because they've also made Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie, which also take place in the Donkey Kong universe on the Nintendo 64. But I think they made another one on the Xbox. And, um... And then continue throughout time, Rare continues to make games for Xbox even to this day. Well, back in 2013, I believe it was, they announced that they were working on a brand new title, which ultimately became Sea of Thieves. Well, they confirmed in Sea of Thieves, some of the IP characters that also take place in the Donkey Kong universe also take place in this universe. So Sea of Thieves technically now takes place in the same universe as Donkey Kong, which takes place in the same universe as Mario, which is crazy to think about that this online pirate game is you know it takes place in the same places like mario and donkey kong and stuff so that's pretty much the dku in a nutshell if you want to learn more about it you can uh, go to dkvine.com and they you know they talk all about the dku Uh, they really you know they're experts on this stuff so they could really break things down for you and uh you read um you can read through um some post on here or you they also have a um podcast uh which I'll talk about here in just a second and you can listen to that one they explain a lot of stuff all about the DKU and um they'll go into much more detail because, like I said, they're experts on this stuff. So what about DK Vine? There's a website called dkvine.com that talks about all this stuff. So where did this website come from and, you know, who started this thing? Well, this website was started by a person named Heil Russell. Heil, kind of like Kyle, but with an H. Kyle Russell, um, he is the founder of DK Vine. He started this website way back in 1999, believe it or not, and um, because he grew up playing these Donkey Kong Country games, uh, I think as a teenager in the 90s, and he really liked them. But, you know, it's just sometimes, you know, you come across, if you're a gamer, you might know what this is like. Sometimes you just come across one of those games that um, just it shapes who you are, like, this is the game you didn't even realize you wanted, like, all your life. Until you started playing this game, you realized, this is the game I've wanted to play all my life, and I didn't even realize it. Well, when he played Donkey Kong Country 2, he realized, you know, that was his game, you know. Um, He was like, this is game like this is my game this game defines you know what I love about gaming and everything and that's you know that game for me would be probably like the Jack and Daxter trilogy specifically Jack 3 you know that is like the game my favorite video game of all time and no game will probably ever top that game because that game is just like when I played that game I was like yes this is the game I've wanted all my entire life and I you know (laughs) That's just defines what I love about gaming. And, uh, you know, for him, it was Donkey Kong Country, too. So he began to play more Donkey Kong games and got more familiar with the universe. And ultimately, fast forward to 1999, he creates a website and um, called DKVine.com where he wanted to post um blogs and articles and stuff like that all about the DK universe and he also had a friend i believe his name to be um uh Jeff i believe i could be wrong about that so don't quote me on that i think his name's Jeff but anyway they started this website together and then fast forward to 2004 they decided they wanted to leave the website and so they left the website in the hands of some other people, a group of other people, some other staff members. And they moved to L.A. to start their own TV series, but not about Donkey Kong. Uh, They started a completely different series that's not related to the Donkey Kong universe at all. They were just wanting to do their own thing. This was just supposed to be something that was like a, a hobby for them, this whole Donkey Kong thing. And so they were moving on to do what they really wanted to do at the time. And it didn't work out. According to what Heil has said in another podcast, he said it did not work out very well. He said they failed miserably at it. And so they finally, after a few, I think about four years or something like that, because I think three, four years, something like that, because I think they came back, moved back home to Virginia, I believe it was, and in 2007... In 2007 or possibly 2008. I don't know. I could have my years wrong here. (laughs) Um, So I believe he said they were gone for about four years, so that should be about 2008, roughly. And um, so when they moved back home, they were just kind of like, I guess they were thinking, well, where do we go from here? So they just asked if they could come back to DK Vine. And the people who had taken over, they said they just let them take the site back over, you know, as the main, you know, staff, the leaders of the site, you know, CEO, I guess you could call them. And um, so they agreed and they started taking the website back over. And he realized when he came back, you know, around 2009, 2010, he realized that, you know, this is what he's meant to do. He's supposed to be a DK you know, a Donkey Kong journalist. He said, this is what I was meant to do with my life, or this is what I want to do with my life. And, uh, you know, so from thus forth, he has never left DK Vine. He came back, like I said, he just was on hiatus for about four years. And, uh, you know, so that was around two thousand nine, ten, where he decided that, and it still holds true today because it's been 10, 11 years from since he said that, and he's still there. He's still the leader of the website. He's still constantly uh, post blog posts and uh, um, podcast and different things like that. They also have a forum on here, uh, which is kind of rare to find uh, websites like that now that have their own forum because most, a lot of people rely on things like Discord now. Um, again, kind of what I talked about in yesterday's podcast, going back to Discord is great because it's uh, very user-friendly. There's already an audience there. People are familiar with it. They don't have to create a new profile every time. But the problem with it is, again, you're kind of bowing to the bunny, so to speak, because now you've got to hold to their terms and conditions. You have to kind of be trapped in this box. I think Discord is pretty... Um, a pretty good a uh, community though for from what i can tell but you still have like i said those issues where you're kind of being conformed can um you know to, to these terms and conditions to what you have to do and you can only and it may be something that may not go along well with your own website so the good thing about like i said on your own website having your own form now you can have whatever terms and conditions you want it's like this is your website your form you own all this stuff so and no one can tell you you know you know anything else regardless it's like well this is my website my form so if you don't like it you 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 know you can mosey along you know but with like i said with discord you're kind of having the same problems that you would with like youtube and uh you know tiktok and all these things where you're creating videos and content on a website that you do not own so, it's kind of the same issue here, but I digress. I'm not gonna get into all that again um so the that I think that's really cool that they have their own form, but I think that is something they started many years ago back when forms were still a very popular concept uh they're not very popular anymore because so many people, like I said, rely on discord now and um so they have a form. Well, while Kyle Russell was on hiatus for his four years doing his whole TV show thing, the people who had taken it over decided they wanted to do a podcast because podcasts became like a brand new thing at the time. I think it was back in 2007. Uh, it came a brand new thing at the time, and they started a podcast called the DK Vine Roundtable, I believe it was called. And started posting it on the website, and it basically just it was an audio little show there where you they just talked about the Donkey Kong universe, and this was all done like I said while Heil, the original creator of the website, was you know not a member, you know he had left, and so when he came back, he saw that they were running this podcast. I guess he decided he wanted to do his own podcast, so he started the the DK Vine podcast. Uh, you know, I think it was had a pod you know, where he emphasized the D and the K because of DK. And um so instead of C A, you know, cast spelt with a C, they spelt it with a K. So it'd be like DK podcast. And so he started the DK podcast. And then they ran that for a little while, I think for a few years, and then they finally decided he was wanted to call the podcast the Kong-versation uh starting with a K conversation because I guess he liked that name better. And that's the podcast that are still running to this day, the Conversation. So they their website actually has like three podcasts. Like I said, there's the DK Vine Roundtable and then there's the DK Vine podcast. And then there's the Conversation. Like I said, DK Vine Roundtable is run by the people who originally started the podcast who was running the website at the time while Heil was gone and then when Heil came back I, they did the dk vine um podcast and then he eventually changed it to the conversation um so yeah so a lot of interesting things history of this website i thought it was just very fascinating so if you are a fan um Of the Donkey Kong games, uh, you know, and they talk about more, like I said, than just Donkey Kong. It's all Donkey Kong universe-related stuff. They have Mario stuff on here. Uh, They have uh, Conker stuff on here, Banjo-Kazooie stuff on here. Um, You know, they even talk about Pirates of the Caribbean here lately because Pirates of the Caribbean, Caribbean technically now takes place in the Donkey Kong universe because now it takes place in the CFDs universe, which also takes place in the Donkey Kong universe, which is hilarious to think about. And um, so they talk about that. Like I said, they talk about um, all kinds of stuff, and they have a podcast. So if you if you uh, you know love listening to podcasts, um, they definitely have a really good one. I think Kyle is a really interesting interesting. Uh, conversationalist even not just about Donkey Kong but just about things in general sometimes he gets off topic and he just starts talking about stuff and I find it really interesting um, so I would recommend at least checking the podcast out, also check out their website, like I said I'll leave a link in the show notes, dkvine.com and I just thought it was uh, interesting history here um, so just wanted to give them a shout out and kind of talk about their website a little bit so in today's news, uh, we have a Twitch streamer gets interrupted by neighbor breaking and entering. Says a Russian pole dancers Twitch stream quickly took a turn for the worst as an unwelcome visitor and some mace uh, make for bizarre highlight clip Twitches uh live format live format is a breeding ground for spontaneity i didn't even know that was a word uh, from sometime things can get out of hand uh yeah i've seen many videos where people are twitch streaming i mean this segment of the show is called uh, or the i have a segment of the show called a live stream interruption and where I got that concept from was from these interruptions because people often sometimes when people are doing live streams especially with younger people like with kids and teenagers when they're still living with their parents and stuff they'll be doing these live streams on Twitch and then their parents will walk in on them because you know sometimes they have older parents that don't understand this uh, internet world with live streaming and stuff like that um a lot of parents don't seem to understand the concept of how the, some of this stuff works, which is understandable. And so they, um, you know, they don't get why they can't just stop what they're doing or why they can't just walk into the room and start saying whatever, or what a lot concept of a live streamer is. Some of them don't even know that. And so they just kind of, you know, barge right in and start yelling and cussing and ranting or raving about something. Maybe the kid did or whatever. And, uh, you know or maybe telling them to get off and they'll say well I can't because I'm in the middle of a live stream and it's just like and they'll be like they don't understand what that means and it's just kind of hilarious so i've seen that so much so i saw this article talking about her you know her house essentially got robbed while she was doing the middle of a live stream which is kind of interesting it, um and apparently he started shouting threats at her i guess he didn't know she was live streaming um you got to be careful nowadays um you know if even uh people that do break you know maybe they're um people that do break ins and stuff like that or s- say you have to be really careful with what you say even in the general public and what you do even in the general public nowadays because so many people Now, you know, you don't know what kind of, if they have cameras on them, they could be constantly recording. There's, I've heard stories about people that constantly stream, like even 24 seven, they'll be walking around because maybe they have internet on their phone or something. They'll be walking around just streaming all the time. So you, you just never know nowadays. You just have to assume, I think at all times now that you're on camera at some point, you know, you're either being recorded or you are being streamed, you know, in some way you are on camera. And I think a lot of people just, like I said, they just need to be a little bit careful with what they're doing nowadays and what they're saying. Cause like I said, this guy is just like he said, he broke, uh, broke in and, um, I don't think it worked out too well for him because, like I said, he was yelling some threats at her. It was obvious that he had broken in and then, it, it, you know, it didn't end well for him because of the fact that he was caught on this live stream. Um, so, yeah, like I said, you got to be careful with what you're doing nowadays and uh, what you, even what you're saying because... Uh <laughs> you're just assume you're always being recorded. I tell people that. You know, I know some people don't like that. They don't want to be on camera, but it's just the world we live in. If you don't want to be on camera, you just have to stay at home and stay out of the public because um if you go out in public, you just need to assume that you're probably being recorded or streamed in some way. <laughs> so in today's birthdays today, uh YouTube birthdays, we have a um, let's see, who do we got first? Hoscano Cat? He's a cat, I didn't even know there was a, a cat even had a YouTube account. Um, how in the world this cat created a YouTube account with no opposable thumbs is beyond me. No, I'm just kidding, obviously. Obviously the owner created it. Um, he's turning seven today. How in the world do they even know the cat's birthday? I don't know, I guess they're going by when they took on the cat. Well, I guess if, um, the cat, I guess there could be cases where the cat... Was born into the home. It's just rare now because most people that have pets, they either have bought them, rescued them, or, um, you know, in a lot of times it's very common now for pets to be fixed. So, um, where they can't have any kids uh, for good reason, you know, because it helps control the pet population. And then if you have this pet that has all these kids, uh, then it's kind of like, well, now you got a mess on your hands. Um, but so it's very uncommon now for people to know the actual animal's birthday because, like I said, they're usually rescued because most animals nowadays are fixed. So, um, but yeah, so I, I'm assuming they're going off the birthday of when they adopted them. Um, so it is Yol, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, <laughs> turning 13 today. Um, he is. Uh, A Mexican YouTuber known for re-uploading universe TikToks and known for being the first youngest YouTuber to reach 100 million uh, subscribers. He's turning 13 today. Yeah, that's pretty young. He was born in 2008. He literally was... And so he has a million subscribers. I've never even heard of him. Yowl, I think... Um, it doesn't show how many, it doesn't show how many subscribers he has, but according to this uh, website here, or this wiki here, it says that he has a million, or at least a million, um, so I don't know, I've never heard of him, and it doesn't seem to show how many subscribers he has on YouTube, so, I don't know. Um, It is Makachu's, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, birthday today, turning 16. He is a German YouTuber who primarily uploads Brawl Star gameplay videos. It is Shotgun Raid's uh, birthday today. He is turning uh, 19. Um, He is, oh, it's bumping me all around. Uh, He's an English gaming YouTuber who makes Minecraft videos. He mainly is known for his videos of himself playing many high-pixel mini-games, including Skywars and Bed Wars. Um, He also trolls a lot of Twitch streamers, it says. Um, It is Little Sky's birthday today, uh, turning 23. Um, He is an American rapper, singer, songwriter from Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. Is Yotubi's birthday today? I think that's how you pronounce that, Yotubi. Um, He is turning 33 today. He is an Italian YouTube celebrity comedian, video gamer, and internet personality. Uh, He is especially known for his B-movie review, Dark Souls gameplay, and his stand-up comedy format called Masturoda. I think that's how you say that. He chooses the name Yotubi because it resembled the word YouTube. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Michael M- McChill's birthday today. Michael McChill, I think that's how you pronounce that. Uh, turning 24, he is an American streamer, YouTuber, and a musician known for his variety of streams on Twitch. He currently is active, a member of Dream SMP. And last here, we it looks like we got a dose of Buckley's birthday today. Um turning 39. Um is a Canadian YouTuber from London, Ontario, Canada. He is most Commonly known for his anger awards, general society, and ability to be comedic. Uh, Best known for his making the top 10 worst songs of the 2000s and blank. And music audio... I don't know how to pronounce that word. Autopacies? Autopacies? Autopacies, maybe? Musical autopacies? I guess that's how you say that. And that's it for YouTuber birthdays today. it's time now for the most fantastic memes on the internet they're fantastic memes so fantastic they're meme-tastic um so here on um meme-tastic we have when everything goes we got some pretty good memes says when everything goes well for three days in a row hmm it's quiet too quiet yeah that's uh I don't think I really think like that I kind of have more of a positive uh thinking pattern so I think if you're like more of a person that tends to think more negatively about things yeah I could see that happening you know it's just like all of a sudden like nothing's going wrong for several days you know but me it's like as pretty normal for me because like i said i just it all depends on your point of view i'm not saying my life is just like amazing that's not what i mean i'm just saying it all depends on your point of view i tend to think very positively about things so i don't tend to notice when everything's going really well this one says ma'am do you serve crackers and she said honey we serve everybody <laughs> Uh, this one says, Me, uh, every compliment a girl has given me in a box that I'm holding on to still. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've done that with stuff before. Maybe not with everyone, but. Um, this one says, Me, I'll cook dinner today. Uh, Modifies some ramen with spices and sauce. My little brother. This is some serious gourmet shit. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> uh this next uh i think that's the last meme this last meme says uh, logging into reddit each day like hello i'd like to have an argument uh yeah i think it's generally like that on the internet for a lot of people in general it's just like what do people just plan on just coming on here and just arguing with people i'm like was that their goal for the day on the internet like i'm gonna go on the internet and talk horribly to everybody <laughs> this is the part of the podcast we talk about youtube commenters the meanest people in the entire world they slither out of their bitter graves to come and attack on youtubers when youtube commenters attack so here on youtube commenters attack we have some pretty good comments today this one says, it's it's true how the internet has blurred everything together. You see something tragic, and then there's a meme right below. We hardly have a chance to process emotions, and so oh, it all turns out to be numb. Yeah, um, I think that's very common. It's kind of the world we live in now. It's like they just take something... In order to take the emotional sting sting off of it, they just take it and turn it into a meme to kind of make it funny. Kind of, it's like they're still taking it seriously. Like you're aware of the problem, but they, you know, they kind of put a comedic twist to it by turning it into a meme. So it makes it, like I said, a little easier for the general public to process, I guess. And but I feel like it, you know. That's not really anything new. Sure, memes haven't been around forever, but we have had people that kind of take things uh, in your everyday life. Like, for example, like has anything tragic ever happened in your life, and then you kind of make a, a you know, nothing super, whore, you know, extreme, but like just like a little soft joke into it. Uh, like I said, it just I think it's common for people to do that because it just takes the emotional sting out of it a little bit. Uh, People don't often want to feel, like, serious stuff like that all the time. So it helps to, um, like I said, make a little light humor out of it, I guess you could say. And that's kind of what memes do. They just take something serious and kind of make a little bit light of it. Uh, This next comment says, if you didn't come from TikTok, you're a real OG. Yeah, people, I swear people on YouTube just shit all over TikTok. Uh, This one says, um, I've never been so attracted to whistling my entire life. Someone says, simp. And he replies and says, yep. And then the person replies again and says, the closest you'll ever be to female genitals is your computer screen. Jeez Louise, man. Uh, This next comment says, it was a joke. Calm the fuck down. I'm not sure what the argument was. It doesn't show. And then the person the person replied and said, okay. <laughs> like, well, that was easy. <laughs> that's a very rarity type thing to see. You know, usually you see people and they get all bent out of shape still. Uh, the, it's on a video here, a YouTube video. It says when a shoebill, I, don't, I guess that's kind of a bird, I guess, uh, comes to greet you, it sounds like a gunfight just broke out. Uh, And someone replied and said, never thought I'd see a bird speak fluent American. (laughs) Jeez Louise, man. But, yeah, that's uh, pretty much all for the Internet Exposition, the main segment of the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, If you're interested in eSports, make sure to stay tuned because I'm about to start talking about this, the last little segment of the show. I always talk about eSports. It's just I kind of split the last part of the show away from the main segment of the show because I know not everybody listening to about social media and stuff may not necessarily be interested in eSports, but um, I talk about it at the end of the show for that purpose so if you're not interested uh, thanks for watching hopefully you'll tune in again tomorrow um, if you are interested then we got a pretty good article here today it says scholastic eSports I mentioned in a former uh, podcast that some school uh, counties now are getting slowly introducing eSports into their school segment because you know how, you know how schools have like they'll have a basketball program you know a football program et cetera et cetera and, um, well, now they're slowly starting to introduce that with eSports. And um, so it's just continuing, basically snowballing from there. Scholastic eSports uh, participation leads to sub-, sub substantial, I cannot read today, substantial learning outcomes. So according to New Zoo, I guess it's some kind of learning education company, uh, the live streaming audience for games will hit seven uh, seven hundred twenty eight point eight million viewers. And twenty twenty one globally, for uh, reference, the NFL is projected to hit one hundred forty one million viewers. Clearly, esports popularity is growing exponentially. Expositionally, jeez, Louise, man. Um, however, uh, many people are still unfamiliar with eSports, uh, especially the e um, uh, emergence of scholastic eSports in education. The utility of game-based learning and education has been known for a long time, but what is beginning to emerge is an understanding of how eSports are having an impact in education due to the... Um, the, oh, the um, exaggeration of video games, eSports, uh, promotes, um, imports, quality, geez, these words, people, enforcing, <laughs> enforcing students to develop new skills and problem-solve in novel situations bounding only by their imaginations. Teachers who are power, pioneering eSports programs can at least uh, attest to this year. Uh, Tyler Hahn, I think is how you pronounce that name, uh director of the Cherokee Public Uh Library in Northwestern Iowa, has seen that esports empowers learners to use um convergence uh, of games in their own interest in the platform to require communication, collaboration, problem-solving skills needed to thrive in all aspects of life. His program is focused on developing college and career awareness uh, services for middle school youth through uh, esports and community enlargement, in addition to promoting Social and emotional learning, esports encourages and imports STEAM uh, or STEM, excuse me, STEM outcomes for students. Historically, the investments of STEM education um, burdened the in the 19 or birthed, I guess, in the 1960s with the implements of the space race and the overall recognition recognition of the value of stem to support workforce to keep up with the technology advanced work most recently the biden administration has proposed a 39 uh, billion investment in stem education across the nation to intention is to address the growing skills gap training students for jobs of the future um Yeah, so basically, in a nutshell, that toward the end, this article kind of went way off. But, but basically, in a nutshell, yeah, they're seeing more and more potential with esports being a thing of the future. It's a sports of the future, and they're just pushing that more and more. And so, I just I find that uh, really interesting how things have just changed so much in the past, you know, four or five years now, just thanks to the internet. The internet has just made a huge difference in things and um, I think I just see it continuing to snowball from there with uh, the changing of esports, the changing of things in general. Um, The world is changing and most of that has stemmed from the internet. Um, Sometimes it's hard to tell where things are going to go. Sometimes it's a little bit more obvious. Sometimes with the internet though, things are a little unpredictable. Where if people thought, you know, 10... 15 years ago where the internet would go is not quite in the direction that people thought it would go. And um, it's um, interesting to see where things are going to go from here. Like I said, in five years from now, I I can't wait to see where all this has progressed. You know, where esports, uh, you know, has, if it will gain more popularity or if it will decrease in popularity. Um, or I highly doubt it's going to decrease in popularity, but sometimes you never know um sometimes things come along something come along that's better you know quote unquote better and replaces something so that is something potential that could happen um but i do see this growing um how quickly it will grow you know only time will tell like i said i i can't wait to see like i said in 5 years from now where how far um esports will go from there if is it going to implement itself more into school programs is it going to implement and become more popular um. Only time will tell. So, yeah. So that's pretty much it for the show. Um. Hopefully you enjoyed um listening to everything. If you made it all the way to the very end, I greatly appreciate it. Um. So yeah. So if you want to check out some of my other podcasts, I do have do multiple podcasts. The, all the links are in the show notes. If you want to check those out, I also have a website. Um. For this podcast called Internet Expo Radio, it's an archive website. It has all the podcasts on there if you want to check them out on there. I um, also have a meme page, and there's some merch on there if you want to check some of that stuff out. Um, and also have a YouTube channel. Uh, link is in the show notes if you want to check that out. And I think that's pretty much it. So thanks for listening. This is Internet Exposition. I am Kevin Emery, and I'm out. Oh